Hey, yo, and here we go. Another episode of We Talk Music is on the air and in your ear. And once again, I am Martin, and I am joined by Mr. Brett Podcast. He's the king of the casters. And of course, we're joined by a Canadian treasure today, Brett. That's right. We love our Canadians on this show. And this this man is, like you say, a truly a Canadian treasure. Um, he's got his Canadian band, Took. He plays with Slash featuring Miles Kennedy and the Conspirators. Of course, there's... There's, um, you know, so many other bands. You play with Bruce Kulik, and you've got this new album by this band called Heroes and Monsters, which is coming out on January 20th. We have Pod Kearns. Pod, you're awesome. And uh, thank you for <laughs> thank being you. on the show. My the pleasure, 100%. Awesome too. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, it was a lot of fun to make. So then, uh, first off, tell us how the album came about. Well, it was lockdown 2020. You guys probably don't remember. There was a whole year or two where we were at home (laughs) completely forgot yeah Yeah, it's it's just like a yeah it's it was a blur yeah um and will who's a friend of mine will hunt from um evanescence uh and all those bands he just sort of like hey i've been knocking some stuff around with a friend what do you think about getting involved and i'm like you know watching tiger king and like i don't know dude i'm pretty busy uh i was like send it over yeah what do you got and then we bounced it back and forth and the next thing you know there's happenings were happening so uh it's funny because you know when when you when you start listing off all the things that i'm doing everybody's like another band and i'm like i go you don't understand how how you know weird it is to have been sitting at home all that time and and you know we were creative uh, as much as we could be in toque and a bunch of other things but it's still like you know 24 hours in the day you know was like uh, and trying to fill those with Netflix and not driving my wife crazy were, you know, <laughs> was, you know, uh, eventually sort of like, well, I'll knock these ideas around. And then that's sort of how Heroes and Monsters came to be. I mean, you're, you're always sort of in that, that sort of experimental thing of like, well, if it doesn't work out or it doesn't sound good, then abandon mission. But um, it was just coming together great and was fun. And the, the, the training wheels were off. We didn't have to worry about like, it has to be this or it has to be that. It was just kind of like, have fun with it and see what happens, you know? Well, and all the songs are super fun. Is oh, thank like you. I'll say. And, and I mean, of course, Steph and Will are amazingly talented players. So yeah, they are. Yeah. It's, I don't know what the hell they're doing with me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to ask, like, does it make you, does it make you want to, I mean, of course you got slash too on the other side, but does right, it make right. you want to up your game? I think I think that's true of almost anything I do. You know, it's like we just did a, a whole bunch of Bruce Kulik stuff over New Year's. And there's always a sort of like, oh, OK, you know, you're kind of sliding back into something you've been a part of for a while. But you never kind of go into it like, you know, it's like if you're a six degree black belt, you don't go in there and kind of like, eh, I'm going to, you know, fake my way through this. It's like, no, I'm a, I'm a I'm a I'm a surgeon. I, I need to go in and, and be the best I can be at what I do. But I think that's sort of my own you know, personal sort of hangups of just kind of trying to be your best. And I never want to be the, uh, you never want to be the, the, the weak link, or you never want to be the one guy who didn't do the homework. And, um, I'm, I'm often the, you know, the guy who's done too much homework, actually, I kind of annoy everybody else with this and that and that and this, you know, kind of thing. But, um, that, uh, with heroes and monsters, of course, it's like, you know, I look at the level of, of players I'm about to play with and, and about to work with. And, and especially when it comes to the creative side of it, where you're writing and that kind of stuff, that's when you're really sort of very, you know, cause it, most of us can get up and play, play along with each other, but it's sort of when it comes down to like creating and trying to find common ground, 
because some somebody could be very creative but they're not you know on the same page as as everybody else when it comes to if one guy's a super prog rock guy and somebody else is a i don't know punk rock guy then probably not going to jive probably be interesting though <laughs> <laughs> the uh you're currently signed with frontiers um they're very much known for putting groups together themselves and oh yeah asking for a very specific sound uh from that group that they put together so kind of can you describe your working relationship with them and how you got uh how you know it came to be yeah, it was a little different than that because I, I know what you mean. Frontiers is sort of known for a very specific, um, you know, kind of music. Um, and they're like so good at what they do. Um, and they're often involved in a lot of the music too. So with this, it was kind of more like this is just what we did. And and they were just very, you know, forthcoming in, in helping us facilitate a place to put it and uh, and a way to get it up and running. I mean, we live in a very bizarre time. I, I keep saying all the time, like when I was a kid, you know, you put a band together and you played and you tried to, um, you know, build an audience and you recorded your music and you got it out there and hopefully you would get in front of the right people and you would get signed. That was always the goal to get signed to a record company. Um, of course, that's sort of really the beginning when you think about all that work to get to that point, because signing that record deal and putting that record out, then it's sort of like off to the races. It's a complete another challenge entirely. But um, now when I'm out on the road with Slash and there's a band opening for us and they're assigned to whatever label, I'm always like, what does that mean in 2023 or 2022, you know, or 2021 back in when we were, when we were doing stuff? It was sort of like, I don't know what a label does these days as far as it back in the day, it was sort of everything. Now we can do most of this stuff via TikTok or something. You know, I mean, people are, you know, that's where the game is. It's like the idea of making music and getting it. The, even the idea of compiling 10 to 12 songs onto one thing and saying, and putting an album cover of some well thought out artwork, we're almost kind of back to hound dog on one side and, you know, it's you know, the B side and going, here's our, here's our single. And it, and it's such a, a high traffic zone that in the Took world, we put out singles and we just kind of, because we don't, we're equally as sort of like, well, let's just put it out. I mean, what, what are we going to do? I mean, we can, we'll put out CDs and in a day and age where, you know, that's a dying format and, and, um, and all that kind of stuff. But you put out a, a, a music video on, on YouTube and, Two weeks later, it's something else happens that, you know, that that is sort of steals all that energy. But, um, you know, I think the game is still the, the game, the record, uh, the radio stations and all that kind of stuff that's changed to, uh, you know, into a whole other digital world as well. So when it comes to things like Frontiers, I, I always keep saying it's like if there's somebody there who's willing to help you facilitate getting your music uh, made and getting your music released, then that's a good thing, you know, until that format goes away as well. I don't know. I, I guess we just go back to the cottage industry of making our own music, which I've done many times myself as, as well, you know, even like started that way and have continued to do it that way where we just put out independent music and, and get to control it however you want to control it. But, uh, you know, Frontier has been around a long time doing very high profile stuff. Well, I mean, one of the things about you, too, is that you've managed to stay so relevant within the music industry. I mean, because, of course, being Canadians, I mean, we remember you with Age of Electric and then Static and Stereo. And I mean, and and for us, of course, I mean, I remember even like 
because I've done a whole lot of research, um, you know, going even further back, you know, because there's that clip on YouTube of you singing with Johnny Harley from Smash LA. Sure. Yeah. And and so, I mean, and that's one of the things like I always remember in the Calgary scene is the live wire. And then and then I know, of course, that was Smash LA and then Age of Electric. So, I mean, you really have such a connection to that scene and just and just starting out, like you say, in that small roots kind of vibe. yeah i mean i can't tell you how how important that whole scene was to us i mean i was living in calgary um i was from saskatchewan obviously but i i landed in calgary before we had we had started um age of electric and i'd sort of you know been going around to the live wire and both frankie and johnny's and all those different places and sort of getting a sense of like um what was going on you know and and uh i'd played in a bunch of bunch of uh of those bands like a bunch of uh, bands that would play those kind of rooms but then you'd be playing Wetaskiwin and uh, you know like every other Slave Lake like every other small town in Alberta as well um Edmonton a bunch Red Deer a bunch you know those kind of places and then but that that scene I mean when you think about it now that, that when I tell people like you know like Americans and stuff like that I go in the 80s there was a scene that you could cross Canada a hundred times playing you know, Monday to Saturday, or till Monday to Saturday, um, three sets a night, four sets a night. It depends on where you are. And then you'd load up on Sunday and drive to the next town and do the whole thing again. And, you know, when you take into account that bands in LA were doing stuff like playing once a month, they'd play like 40 minutes once a month. And I think to myself, uh, our bands were doing that three times a night, you know, so we were playing three concerts a night six nights a week so just the natural um the comfortability of 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 playing with each other and being on stage became so normal to us that the idea of things like stage fright or any of that kind of stuff were just it wasn't a thing you know i mean you, you always hear about those stories of the beatles going to hamburg and just playing like six hours a night and just playing you know cover songs and all that kind of stuff and they really kind of cut their teeth and it really kind of brought them together and tightened them up. And then they got spit back the others of the other side and went back to Liverpool and became the Beatles. You know what I mean? And I, I feel like, you know, when I go back to Calgary now or back to that scene or any of the people that I keep in touch with from that scene, all those people are like six degree black belt ninjas of, of music because they've just played infinitely more hours than, than almost anybody else has, you know? And I think, um, watching that scene dry up was bizarre to watch it in real time. Like, I mean, age of electric, you know, we had kind of like relocated to Vancouver to become a, you know, a, a legitimate recording act, you know, but we were still utilizing that scene. Every time we would go back out, we would be, okay, well, let's, let's go back out. And, and, uh, and frankly, we would go back out and, and it was lucrative for us to be, to be run, doing those runs across the country, uh, on multiple nights a week. And, uh, and you know trying out your new music and that whole thing but in the in the you know more and more frequently our trips east would turn into that club is gone and that club is gone and that scene and then eventually the scene's gone and then you're like um in a whole other world of like now we play universities and colleges and and into original clubs and then hopefully into theaters and arenas which we kind of flirted with and then decided to call it a day <laughs> yeah but yeah, I mean, you've you've managed to do so well, and I'm sure that the lessons that you took, besides just the the overall like touring and playing, 
the lessons that you took must completely serve you nowadays. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it was funny coming to Vegas. When I first came to Vegas, it was sort of a, a very bizarre um, turn of events that sort of brought me here um, because there's showrooms full of, you know, casinos, a, a city full of casinos, full of showrooms, full of bands playing cover songs. And they're like, hey, can you come down and sing, sing some, a show with us? And I go, well, what's the set list look like? And I would look at the set list and go, we were doing this at the Live Wire in 88. <laughs> like, you know, like, I'm like, if you guys are still doing Living on a Prayer and 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 Rebel Yell or whatever, I was like, and and I'm just been savantish enough to have sort of retained so much of that stuff in my brain. You know, it's like when you play with guys like Slash, Slash never came up in a cover scene at all. In fact, everything that they played was stuff that they created and made up which has a benefit in its own way, obviously, because all of your energy is spent writing songs and coming up with stuff. But I kind of felt like playing cover songs was, was a real lesson in songwriting too, because you're playing these songs that you, you know, some are songs that you kind of like, you know, when you'd be in the top 40 world playing top 40 songs or whatever, you didn't necessarily love those songs, but you did learn lessons as far as song structure and, and that kind of stuff that sort of seeped into how, when you would sit down to write a song, you just kind of, kind of had a little bit of a lesson in that. So, but those lessons go in all the way around. I mean, I, even recently I was talking about how, you know, like playing with older guys, which I initially did when I was quite a lot younger, a lot of those lessons that those guys taught me still are in there. I don't, I don't even know if a lot of them were hundred percent correct. Like, I don't know if they were always right, but you know, things like, you know, the professionalism of playing a show. And if you're, you know, if you break a string or whatever something happens on stage a monitor goes down you try not to allude to it too much so the audience and i and i kind of see it all the time i'll see bands where it's like something happens on stage and there's immediate chaos and the band's all looking at each other like oh my god and i'm kind of like one of those guys where stuff's on fire and i'm like whatever rock and roll here we go <laughs> you know and i think that you know the average person isn't really sitting there going like did he miss that harmony or did they miss this did they miss that it's like most people are just enjoying a live rock and roll show and they don't really worry about you know is it you know because i always laugh at those kind of things like because we live in a day and age now where so much stuff is on backing track and i don't really feel like the audience i mean people keep saying well the audience is quite discerning these days i go i don't think the audience really cares that that one keyboard line is there or it isn't there i mean i, I appreciate that you've made the effort to make it as close to the record as it can be but i don't think that the audience is i think the audience is loving the experience they're not sitting there going like, oh, they didn't do that. I want my money back. They didn't do that keyboard line. You know, it's like, give me a break. Especially after, uh, the, after the pandemic, you know? A hundred percent. Yeah, the, the audiences have been way more voracious and way more uh, happy to see live shows since that's kind of back on, you know? Kind of the flip side of that, though, I suppose would be the fact that, you know, almost every concert that you're doing is going to be recorded on somebody's phone and end up on YouTube. Yes. And, and so, you know, I mean, that's that's kind of a, the other side of it, I mean, I, I suppose if you're missing things or you're, you're making mistakes, that, that that is visible then. Yeah, well, mistakes are different. I think making mistakes or hitting bad notes or any of that kind of stuff, that's different than what's missing. I always kind of think about the song remains the same concert or the who live it leads. You know, those those recordings had a lot of stuff, you know, the original recordings of those songs. But they play them live and they were just kind of a live rock and roll band. And it was sort of like I didn't I never felt like when I was watching the song remains the same, like there's no rhythm guitar when he plays the solo. You know, this is terrible. 
press stop, never watch it again. It was like, no, it was like, it was the nature of a, of a totally different animal. And I think that I have always sort of treated live as a different animal from, from the recording part of it. In, in many ways, I prefer live because I think it's sort of uh, the full contact uh, sport of it. You know what I mean? Like, it's just kind of like, cause you don't know, you can prepare as much as you want and you can rehearse all you want. But when you go on stage, you don't know that, um, you know, that, uh, boy, it's sweaty in here in my hands or, you know, I, I can barely hold on to the guitar or, or, you know, whatever's going on. And, you know, and, or like the, this mic cable is jacked up or, you know, the, the amp went down. You know, it's just part of the, the craziness that happens, but you're not wrong when it comes to, we all live under a different pressure cooker now when it's constantly, when I, when I get up on stage, it's a million phones go up, you know, it's mm -hmm. just the way it goes. It's, uh, but even then, I don't think that, I mean, certainly it goes around on YouTube and then everybody can sort of, you know, you know, be the, the armchair quarterback about it on Monday, but it's sort of, uh, to me, it's sort of, you know, the people who are at the show, they're enjoying it and they're, they're capturing it for their, for their own posterity. I've never been the person that's kind of like, you know, no phones. I'm like, it is what I, w I wish I'd had a phone at some of the concerts we saw back in the day. You know? <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, you're no telling question. me. No question. I mean, you know, it's, it's we saw uh, we saw, you know, Slash and the Conspirators. I think it was was it 2020, Brad, or was it 2019? 19, uh, I think. 19, yeah. yeah, yeah. In Edmonton. And uh, I couldn't tell if Slash was very practiced and and on or was he improvising? Like, you know, I mean, he would go off in these long, long solos and, and I'd be just amazed and just lose myself in the moment. And I couldn't tell, like, is he improvising everything there? And are you playing along following him or is, is it very practice and very, very, maybe that's the, the magic secret you don't want to tell. I honestly, I, I can only say for myself, I, I was there night after night after night and saw it different every single night. It's like Miles Davis or something, you know, it's like he's definitely improvising. Um, that said, I mean, he has the things that he that he does and likes to kind of fall back on, I suppose. But um, but no, he's he's mostly improvising. And I think that, you know, it's funny because uh, some people really get a lot out of that. They really kind of like transfix into the moment of of him kind of going off and then. And some people don't want to watch a guy play guitar for a long time. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah. It depends on, on the person, but I, I, you know, I, I always sort of say it's like, you know, there's a sort of jazz aspect to it that comes where it's kind of like slash is a very underspoken person. He's a very soft-spoken guy. And he, um, it all comes through the guitar. It all comes through his fingers. You know, it's like, he's so when it's kind of like, it's sort of like he would be like a total motor mouth if he was translated from guitar form you know what I mean? so that's where he really communicates and i think that it depends on the day well there's an there's an example of a, of a of a show in paris france we did where it's on youtube it's the half an hour version of rocket queen and <laughs> rocket queen is a six minute song on the album so that's 24 minutes of guitar playing of guitar solo <laughs> so you're like there it is you know and and some places just have that uh, and Paris, France is one of those places that would be open to something like that. And just kind of like, they're like, bring it on, you know? And it's not like the show gets shortened by any songs because he played that long that night. It's just, the show goes that much longer. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, and 
that's the way it's supposed to be, right? Like, I, you know, I, it, it's so awful when when bands are so well, when, when you get timed out. And I know, you know, having seen, because I just saw the Misfits in Dallas, you know, oh, Halloween, wow. and everything was super timed out because they had to get the fire coat and stuff like that. And, and it's unfortunate because you know that there's a, it, it loses a certain volatility. Right, right. I think that, that music is supposed to have. I'm, I mean, the Misfits are a little different because the songs are all so succinct anyway. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think the, the, whole, the whole purpose of that and the Ramones, those kind of bands, was it was they were actually the antithesis of watching guys like Kansas mm. or, or yeah. Pink Floyd or whoever playing like long, self-indulgent stuff. But I think that, um, you know, I think there's a place for everything and everything for, their, for its place. You know, I think that's kind of the fun part of it. And I, um, when it comes to guys like Slash, if you're going to go to a show and it says slash, then expect to hear some guitar playing. You know, like, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So then, you know, when it comes down to like mindsets versus, I mean, heroes and monsters and then Tuke and stuff like that, like, do you have to change your mindset to play with each band? I mean, a little bit, I suppose, only because sometimes you know, I look down and I'm, oh, I'm playing guitar tonight, or I look down <laughs> and I'm playing bass tonight, or sometimes I'm just singing, you know, it's kind of like, um, but it's sort of, uh, it's just sort of a very, you know, uh, a very much a part of the same utility belt, I suppose, you know, it's like, you know, this is the Took, the Took one, and this is the, you know, Heroes and Monsters. And, um, but it is a lot of the, you know, it all comes from the same place, you know, a place of, I suppose, of being as authentic as you, as you can be, I suppose. And, um, and being in the moment, I mean, that's the hardest part there, you know, we're constantly sort of, you know, you always hear people talking about being in the moment, be in the moment. And you're kind of like, I find that life is such, you know, chaos that you're just sort of like, you know, rolling through it. But then when you get on stage, you are forced to be in that moment. You know what I mean? Like, because if you're not in that moment, you're going to forget that lyric or forget that, oh, that's the pre-chorus coming up, you know, or whatever. And so you are literally in this moment, in this song with these people right now. And it's, is something sort of Zen about that for me. You know, it's like, I've said many times how it's like, I just can't wait to get back on, get on stage. So I can kind of like, you know, kind of like get into that, that mode as opposed to often you'll be at the gig and it's like, you know, there's a bunch of people backstage and it's just like, yeah, totally. And you're like, I, I just want to get on stage so I can get away from all this. And, mm-hmm. and you go on stage, it's, you know, really loud and and it's chaos and, and different way, but it's sort of, a different kind of Zen that, that comes from being in that moment. And, um, and, and you're not wrong because Duke is a totally different animal than, than heroes and monsters than Bruce Kulik or, or, or slash, you know what I mean? It's like, they're all using different parts of my brain, um, all the time, you know? And, and it's, I, I kind of really enjoy the challenge of it. Um, they are all challenging in their own way. Well, I think, you know, that's the, and that's the thing. I mean, it must, it must also give you the joy of playing like something fun and then being more experimental and just, just, just variety. I mean, what they say, it's the spice of life, right? Totally. And there is always that, that line from God gave rock and roll to you that says it's never too late to work nine to five. So I'm Mm -hmm. just very thankful to be up there. Like, I can't believe I'm still doing this. You know, I mean, there's, there's often times where it's like, you know, I've been many points in my life have I been sort of like, you know, okay, well, you know, a, a road ends and it's sort of like, do I go there or do I go there? You know, I've, I've, I've got kids, I've had to make, you know, some sacrifices here and there and make some changes, but for whatever reason, it's still, still happening. You know I mean? It's still, okay, well, let's go do that now, you know? And, 
Um, and then you stare down the barrel of 2020, 2021, where you're like, is this ever going to happen again? Is it ever going to be normal again? And, uh, there was a lot of like doomsayers, you know, kind of like, this is never going to happen and we're never going to go back on the road and, and music's over. And then like, and then all of a sudden mid 2022 or early 2022, it's like, it's as normal as it ever was. It's like, kind of like <laughs> the pause button was just like lifted and we're back to it, you know? I'm looking at all the instruments behind you. Jealous. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah. It's just, it's... I want to be in that room. It just looks like to me like, just being in that room would create a certain sense of creativity just by being around all these cool instruments. You know, what's so funny is I, I, I told Gordy Johnson this once from Big Sugar. He, uh, he said to me once, he goes, hey, every, every guitar has got a song in it. And I, I, I always use that as an excuse to buy another guitar because, you know, the reality is when you get a new guitar, you play it a bunch. So you're kind of noodling around and you come up with a riff and it turns into a song, you know. And I told Gordy that, well, not that long ago, I saw him last year or something like that. And I said, I told him that quote, remember you said to, uh, uh, and he goes, I remember saying that <laughs> I go, dude, I've been quoting that for like 20 years. I, I tell that to my wife every time a new guitar shows up, you know, it's like, and he goes, I goes, I, it sounds like a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. I think it's the same excuse he made up for something or other, but, but yeah, I always live by it. Because there's a song in each of these, you know, monstrosities at some point or another. It's uh, I, you're not wrong. It's like it's fun to have, um, you know, I, I it, it got a little out of control, and it's just like you know, a warehouse full of nonsense that I need to kind of always sort of pare down and figure out what to do with. But um, you know, when you love music, you you can't help but kind of find every possible way to make music. So, mm -hmm. and you're seeing this. There's other stuff around oh, the house. Oh, yeah. I have the coolest wife in the world who allows it to be throughout the house as well. <laughs> <laughs> well unfortunately we are running out of our time with you here which, oh uh, bummer which really which really sucks this, i mean i'm this like, blew by you got to be kidding me we, that, wow we didn't even talk about and you'll remain this early lead for best song of 2023 oh thank so, you i mean we didn't even get <laughs> into this wow that's that's amazing that's a, that's a very heavy song i, we, I was just yeah. talking about how we deciding to close the record with it was kind of like one of those things where it's like, I don't know where to put this song. You know, it's kind of like, it's sort of like, you know, without sounding too pretentious, it just felt important. You know what I mean? So you kind of, mm -hmm. then it just felt like closing the record with it just sort of had this sort of very poignant, like, okay, there you go. It's a, it's just a heavy, heavy thing. Yeah. And that's the fun change. thing about that record. The fun thing about that record was the, you know, do we do 10, 10 songs of a, you know 10 versions of the same song you know that that sort of seems to be you know like or do we just try and create a bit of a, a journey a bit of a trip you know and i think we I think we we're pretty successful at that oh absolutely well absolutely no i mean it, it's a change from everything else that, mm -hmm. that came previously you know and there's plenty of variety in there and yeah i could i wish we had talked about the album a little bit more because everybody needs to check it out it's absolutely fantastic uh, a lot of great crunchy grooves and uh you know a lot of really smart lyrics thank um, you well we'll, we'll talk about it next time there. we'll, we'll yeah. do part we'll do part two well absolutely we want to do part two i mean it, and, and in fact what are you doing after the show after the toque show let's do we'll just uh we'll let you buy us a beer and uh, <laughs> bring a bring a microphone and we'll talk yeah, some yeah. more <laughs> oh we, we'll have free beer on the rider you'll you'll you, you can have one of those
<laughs> Sounds good to me. Because <laughs> we're going to go. We're going to see you there. So, oh, awesome. so we want to rock and have some fun. Before you, before you run off, please tell everybody that where they can find Heroes and Monsters and how they can keep up with you. Um, well, I, you can find me on on social media everywhere under Todd Kearns. Todd Dammit Kearns on uh, Twitter. And Heroes and Monsters Band is uh, is the way to find us. Uh, or find us through Frontier Records, one way or the other we're around. Awesome. Well, you have been a favorite of ours for many, many, many years. And uh, I know we look forward to many, many, many more years of you. So uh, thank you so oh, much for being on the show. That means a lot. Thanks, guys. Happy 2023. Same to you. And uh, we wish you nothing but the best with the album because it's awesome. Thank you. Take care, guys. All right. Bye for now. Bye bye. Magic wave, let's ride it. Don't fight it.